Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Hemel Javeri. It's Friday, May 11th, and with me today is Ted Berg. Hey, Ted. C'est moi. <laughs> it's you. That's, that's French for it's me. It's you. Ted is our former podcast host, frequent guest, and head MLB writer, and knower of all things sandwiches and Taco Bell. What's going on, Ted? How are you? I am chilling. How are you? It's beautiful out. I'm in my backyard, and I'm enjoying it. I love that you do the podcast in your backyard so that we can get ambient New York City sounds on here. And so any of my neighbors who may also be in their backyards can hear half of the podcast before it comes out. (laughs) Yeah, they'll be very intrigued as to what you're talking about. Um, We have a super annoying dog. We have like neighbors with these like little dogs that will not shut up. So it's almost impossible to do anything in our in our patio. I don't have I, I have there's someone with a dog like three doors down from me, but the dog is usually pretty quiet. My neighbor has little kids who come out, but they're super sweet. Sometimes they look at me funny if I'm podcasting and I'm just like talking to no one. They're like three and one and a half. So they don't, I don't think they really get the, you know, what's happening. So I think sometimes they might think I'm a crazy person, but they don't, they don't make a lot of noise. Yeah. Well, you're doing work, so it counts. Right. Um, Yeah. All right, so a couple of things that we're going to hit on the podcast today, mostly NHL playoffs because it's a huge week for me. As you guys know, I am a big Capitals fan, um, even though that's super unprofessional, but I feel like I can I can manage being a fan of the Capitals and also doing Can't my job. Can't we be past that? Can't we get past that? I, I, I hate that aspect. I'm sorry. I know I get it. I get why that's a thing in sports journalism, but I've always hated that aspect of it. Like, why do you have to pretend no no one no one who's a sports writer didn't grow up a fan of that sport right i mean yeah. in almost all cases you you got into this profession because you love this and if you love this you almost certainly had a team at some point and so to me i always feel like it's better and it's more honest if you're just like yeah this is my thing i grew up a fan of this team and uh, it will inform it will inform the way i cover this team it's not going to make me do it in a biased way it, it's just it's just more open I think if you're just like, yeah, this is the team I grew up with. Yeah, and I and I feel like the veneer is so thin anyway because the reason I kind of got into this into sports reporting anyway is, I mean, it's a long story, but part of it was because of being a Washington Capitals fan. It was really the only thing that kind of pushed me in this direction is because I was like, I don't know, I really like this team and maybe I'd like to cover more hockey. But I agree with you. It doesn't mean that I can't be objective when I am covering this team. Um, Also, because a lot of what we do at FTW is not necessarily just straight gamer reporting. Um, and that's true. And look, and look, there are certain, certainly some aspects where it gets like shaky. And there are some people who I would say, like, even professional journalists where you're like, this guy's too too much of a fan, you know, you're, yeah. you're being too, too homery or too optimistic, but like my entire worldview was shaped by growing up a Mets fan, right? So <laughs> how could I ignore that in my, that's who I am. It's who I am. Because yeah. I am ruined to the world for having <laughs> grown up a Mets fan. I'm, I, I appreciate that sentiment. My capitals, uh, Fandom does not run that deep, but it does. My history with the team does inform a lot of not my not just my current coverage of the team, but just how I relate to the sport in general. So I, it's really inextricable. Um, 
but yes, so what's that being, going on? So what's going on with the hockey? Yes, so the Capitals have finally made it out of the second round of the playoffs. So it's the first time in 20 years, the first time since 1998. And people are celebrating like they just won the Stanley Cup. It is that's how big of a deal it is. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with that streak, Ted. I'm familiar with. Well, I'm sorry, and this is not, I do not really include you because you're not like a wholesale Washington sports fan, right? Yeah. Like you're not a big Nationals fan or a big Bullets fan. Or no, whatever. my my sorry. sports uh, my sports fandom is not super regional. Like for for football, I root for the 49ers. For baseball, it's the Mets. And it would for, be awfully, yeah. awfully unwoke of you if you were a Redskins fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not happening ever. Um, so I am familiar with the Capitals' streak only because it feels like DC sports fans are like the worst at being like, "Woe is me! Everything goes against us. Why? Why? Why?" And I have very—I'm sorry—for someone who is just a fan of the Capitals, I have a little bit of empathy. But I have very little patience for, like, the D.C. sports fan. Like, oh, why was D.C. sports fan so bad? It's so hard on us, D.C. sports fans. Can I give you a fact right now, Hamill? Oh, my God. Please give me a fact. Do you know that the Toronto Maple Leafs have not won a Stanley Cup in, since 1967? Yeah, I do know that. <laughs> they play in Toronto. That's the main hockey place, right? <laughs> Those people, Toronto Maple Leafs fans... They sh- they're the people I want to hear from. That's the griping I want to hear. They haven't won a Stanley Cup since before the Capitals even existed, and they play in Toronto, right? That's that's where the ho- that's that's where you that's where you care about hockey the most, I think. Yeah, that's kind of like the capital of hockey. There's, uh, I, I agree with you. I necessarily don't think that DC sports fans have um, too much of a leg to stand on in terms of "woe is me." Wouldn't you rather? Wouldn't you rather have a team that's good every year and loses in the playoffs than? be an Islanders fan and just root for a terrible hockey team. (laughs) Well, I agree with you. Like, I think that the Sabres, the Islanders, like, those are, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, like, those are really sad fandoms because they've got nothing to look forward to. We, DC Sports, has had a strong run of very good teams. The fact that they can't make it through the playoffs is a whole other story. And, And I agree with you. It doesn't qualify as woe is me status. But the Capitals making it past the second round and defeating the Pittsburgh Penguins in six games is a thing worth celebrating. Not even just of, uh, you know, DC sports are finally good, but because this is a hump and a hurdle that they have needed to get over for so long, even if it's just a mental hurdle that they've had. Um, And that has just like, I thought, think, you know, given new life to, to hockey fandom in the city because everybody was so resigned to them losing to Pittsburgh and shocked when they didn't. And I would say that, like, I could almost root for the Capitals to win the Stanley Cup just so I don't have to hear it when the Nationals bow out in the NLDS this year. I don't want to hear it from D.C. sports fans about, like, oh, my life is the worst. I moved here six years ago and <laughs> I've only known hardship. I mean, I have very, I mean, I don't actually have a lot of sympathy for people who kvetch about their teams not winning. I mean, I agree that it sucks and it's sad, but on the list of things that make life awful, yeah, it just does not matter. And I'll take losses very personally, but it is not a thing worth getting upset about past a day or two, you know? Yeah, I took losses very personally until I was like 12 years old, (laughs) you know, like, Things are better. Like the, it feels like the sun shines brighter when things are going well for your sports teams. And like I hear that, and I still get into, like I, I get like 
really caught up in the moment in like a Georgetown basketball game. Like I get super nervous, and I, you know, and like I feel like maybe a little bit more adrenaline than I get from from most other sports fandom at this point. But if they lose the game, you get you just get over like five minutes later. I, I don't know. I just uh, yeah. Uh, the DC. I I have so many problems with the DC sports fans. <laughs> I mean, you do have problems with DC sports fans, but. Anyway, let us be happy at least for this one brief second. To, um, so the Capitals will probably will face not probably are facing Tampa Bay, and it their chances don't look great. Um, I would be interested. It'll be interesting to see if they can match Tampa Bay's speed. They've got a great goaltender. Braden Holpe was shaky at the start of the playoffs, and he looks like he's kind of settled in. So that should be an interesting series. But if a Stanley Cup final did make it to DC then DC sports fans would be like insufferable it because it's just never happened here before. And do they, is it really a hockey town? Are we calling DC like a great hockey town now? No, I don't think you are, but there's going to be people that act like they've supported hockey the entire, you know, the entire X number of years that the team's been in the city. So it's just going to give you more reason to to dump all over DC sports fans. It is well, because it is. I mean, it is a very uh, it is a very transient city, right? There are like mm-hmm. a lot of people who just moved to DC, and it feels like those are the people who then like now you're a diehard lifer Caps fan, and I don't buy it. I don't buy it. No, I mean, you've been to national games here too, right? You've seen, it's the whole atmosphere is different. Like, I feel like nationals games are just places for people to network while they drink beer. There's a, there's just a whole different vibe to sports arenas. And there's a, I think with the nationals, I think, so if you grew up in DC before 2000, if you are an 11 year old nationals fan, you are, you deserve all the credit and that's fine, right? Like if you only knew nationals fandom, great. If you grew up in DC before 2005, when they moved there, you were most likely an Orioles fan. Mm -hmm. And so to be a nationals fan now means you've already bailed out on one team, right? And, (laughs) and so I just don't have that much sympathy for you if you're if your new team that you took up because you bailed on the other one is doesn't is awesome every single year and just happens to lose in the playoffs which is bad luck yeah you've just got i mean you've got bryce harper you've got alex ovechkin just enjoy those guys while you can um right and we've talked about this before is that the playoffs are it's just such a roll of the dice and it does not really have anything to do with which team was actually the best Right. Yeah. Right. Is that true in hockey too? Like hockey is a pretty because like, in basketball, I feel like that's pretty decidedly not the case, and that's like the one sport where you're like, oh no, okay, like LeBron James is going to do things a little bit differently in the playoffs, and he's going to guarantee he wins these games. And the best team in basketball almost always beats the worst team in basketball, whereas in baseball, that's not the case. And I feel like hockey, that's not really the case either right like yeah there's a lot more variance in results because they're scoring so few goals that you luck into two goals and maybe you win the game well that's almost exactly what happened last night the so the predators were eliminated in game seven against the winnipeg jets and the jets by no means lucked into the goals but their goalie pecorine had an off night and he's known for being shaky in the playoffs like he can sometimes turn it on and, you know, like he did in game six and, you know, and I think it was a shutout, but he can sometimes turn it on and sometimes he falls apart.
part. So if the variance is that small of Pecorine had a really bad like first eight minutes and got pulled in the first period, then I'm not sure how you can say, yes, the best team won. So and, and the Predators won the, pres- the President's Trophy as well. So it's very much in hockey. You know, it depends on that very specific moment of how they're playing, not generally who was the best team. When was the last time Winnipeg saw a Stanley Cup victory? Well, they, they moved away. Well, yeah, they moved away. They became the Atlantic Thrashers, and then they went back. Yeah, the Atl- so. I thought the Atl- I was. I thought they became. Didn't they become? No, the the Nordiques became the Avalanche. I don't know the the hockey. Well, no, the Thrashers so moved the, to Winnipeg. Uh, yeah, I have no idea about the Nordiques. Yeah, but they that wasn't. Okay, but the Nordiques became the Avalanche. And all these teams have moved around. The uh, point is, like, Winnipeg. If you live in Winnipeg, hockey is probably, like, the biggest deal. They took your team away, and yeah. then they brought back a crappy one. <laughs> well, not so crappy now, because they, they made the playoffs, or they're going to right, the conference right. finals, so that's great. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, we're going to pause for a second and hear from our sponsors at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Support for the For the Win podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. That's rocketmortgage.com FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. All right, and we're back. Um, Ted, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, we're kind of a week removed from this conversation, but let's have it anyway, is Infinity War, because you saw it, and I was not there when you saw it to actually talk to you about it. You you weren't, like, waiting outside of the movie theater for <laughs> to, to hear my reaction? To pounce on what it is that, that you had to say. No, I was in um, California, I, so I missed I it. I thought it was pretty good. Okay, I thought you said... What was, was that like a little like no buzzer noise? Did you just buzz me no? <laughs> no, what I'm getting... That? It's uh, I got a Slack DM. I got some DMs. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't rip it. I hear my, Here are some of my issues with it. Okay. Uh, Wait. Okay, like I get... Wait, before you get into your issues... issues I, I want to establish that you're also the same person that had issues with Wonder Woman, which was, I felt like, universally beloved. Too woke. Too woke. <laughs> too woke. <laughs> cool. Step, bump the brakes a little bit with the wokeness. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I, I mean, I yeah, I had some issues with Wonder Woman. I didn't, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I didn't think the, uh, Infinity War is a bad movie. Uh, I thought that... It w- like I get that the movie, the premise of the movie is all of these Marvel characters 
coming into one giant fight. But, and I get that, like, for someone like you who's way into it, it's super cool to see all these people. I thought they were asking for a little too much from me in terms of remembering all these people. Like, all of a sudden, there's this one-armed guy. And, and people <laughs> in the theater, like, cheer at the re- reveal. And I'm like, who the hell is that guy? Right? And, like, who the hell is Vision? There's some guy named Vision, and I'm supposed to care about him and, like, worry about uh, his health and, and what's happening with him? I have no idea who what? this person is. Like, they don't, they don't give you even a little bit of, like, and, and the movie was too long, so, like, I, I, don't, I don't really need, I don't know where you squeeze this in, but I feel like in most, even in sequels, traditionally, it's always been, like, they give you the information you need to make this a self-contained movie, yeah. and this movie did not do that. Right, like you, you just you jump right into like here is what's going on with Vision lately, and you're I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who that is. Well, I mean, obviously, a lot of spoilers for Infinity War. So if you haven't seen it, stop. No, that's, I didn't spoil anything. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm about to spoil something. I'm about to spoil something. I'm saying that if you haven't seen Infinity Infinity War and you don't want to be spoiled, you should stop listening now. But the opening scene of Infinity War ends basically. It picks up immediately where Thor Ragnarok ended, and they kill off two pretty main characters so if you did not see that particular marvel movie you have no idea what's happening and yeah infinity war does not care they're assuming that you've seen every single marvel film and you've seen them so many times that you remember all of the plot details right like they they cut to captain america and every and i had no idea it was captain america like i get i i vaguely recognize the actor but all of a sudden now captain america wears all black and has a beard that's new right like that's all new no one no one like they didn't show you the montage of him change started putting on a black uniform and growing a beard so i had no idea that was captain america until someone was like get that guy a shield and oh oh, the shield okay that's got to be captain america I like that you're kind of having to piece this together, but no, it was, well, in our theater, the both times that I saw it, the theater like erupted into applause when he came on screen. I had, my, the theater I saw it had erupted into pl- applause and reacted loudly to like every single thing that happened. <laughs> it was extremely, it was, it was for a while irritating and then I got over it because it was just like, okay, this is like, we're, we're watching a ball game here. Like everybody's just going to cheer for everything. Uh, and, and you sort of. I don't know, I got used to it. I was in Times Square, so it's like, it's almost, I think it's just me and tourists, and like, especially like, I don't know, European tourists and people, the tourists from overseas, so I don't know what the deal is with watching movies overseas, but it, it, I got the feeling it's a much more interactive experience. Well, I mean, I don't know, I think it's just Infinity War, because I sat through a lot of Marvel films, and there's very, there's some, you know, like cheering and gasps and stuff, but this was very much... Every single thing that happened, there was a lot of, like, reactions. Okay. I also saw it, I should say, I also saw it, and I've mentioned this on the show, I think, before, but I saw it in 4DX, which is a thing I'm into. Oh, geez. Which is, like, they have these two theaters in New York now that do it, and I've been, to, I've been to a ton of these movies at this point, uh, where you sit, it's like it's like half movie, half roller coaster. Yeah, like what, they, what, really, is, what is 4DX? Um, so it's, you sit in like, it's like a special chair. I mean, and, and I think this is the first one I saw that was 3D and 4DX. So it was like a completely mesmerizing experience. You're in a chair that like, if you remember, I think there was like the back to the future ride at Epcot center was like this. Mm -hmm. That's a deep cut maybe, but 
the you're watching a giant movie and your chair is moving with the action and like they do a really good job and and uh, sometimes they spray water on you like whenever water sprays or like blood sprays in the movies you get a little bit wet um, and like they they blow wind in different directions like when when characters are flying they blow wind in your face so you sort of feel like you're flying uh, it's it's cool it's a it's a really cool technology I think um, because like it, it makes you need to be at the movie theater to see the movie and not just watching it on your giant screen TV at home. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, it makes the, like in, I guess I, I sort of more understand people reacting loudly because it's a little bit more like a roller coaster or something. Like sometimes it really is like sort of jarring on the body. What they like, you, it's surprisingly active, uh, for sitting in a movie theater. That's kind of weird. I wonder, I would be interested to see Infinity War in 4DX because I would want to know like how they did the battle scenes because those battle scenes were pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's intense. Like, and like, uh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen a lot of movies, like I said, a lot of, and, and it's cool. They can make it like in, in Infinity War, there wasn't like a lot of downtime or subtlety or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but I saw that, uh, I think the movie's called Red Sparrow. Did you see that movie with Jennifer Lawrence? I did not. But I know what like you're talking about. It was like a spy thriller. Yeah. And they did it, they did it in 4DX, and uh, they used it, like, in a completely different way. Like, they had the seat just sort of, like, gently rocking, like, feeling like it was floating at times. And so, like, it made you it, – it, they sort of uh, built the, sus, the suspense aspects to it by, like, making you feel a little unsettled at unsettling moments more than it was just sort of making it part of the action. Oh, that's weird. No, I. How much does a ticket like that cost? I imagine it costs like fifty bucks. Uh, it's. I think it's thirty bucks. For, but Times Square movies are like twenty-one bucks on their own. That's so insane. it's like you know, it's it's such an it is it is too expensive. Um, um, the one I forget what the one costs. There's so there's two in New York. One's at in Times Square, which is obviously Times Square. Uh, so there's just everything's more expensive. The other one's in Union Square, which is slightly less touristy and uh, slightly more reasonably priced. Well, I'm impressed you got out to watch a movie when you've got a baby. I feel like people with babies never get to leave the house. So, uh, so my baby goes to his grandparents' house on Thursday night, and so that is my movie time. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, what else did you have to say about Infinity War? Uh, why aren't so there's I now I've looked this up and now I know the answer. It's they, these are only characters. These are only Marvel characters from Marvel Studios movies, not Marvel comic books characters who are made or are in movies not made by Marvel. So like there's no X Men, even though clearly having Wolverine ar- around would be valuable in this situation, right? There's no Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, because those those movies, while while based on Marvel characters, are not made by Marvel Studios. Yeah, so everybody calls these movies the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I know I sound like a giant nerd, but get over it. But so these are very hyper-specific. Like, it starts with the first Iron Man, um, I think in... I can't even remember. I think it was 10 years ago, if not longer. Um, and then it goes to this iteration. But it doesn't include any of, like, the Michael Fassbender X-Men movies... Or Deadpool, right. yeah. Uh, why did they all become friends so fast? Like, why, like, all of a sudden they care about, like, uh, they, these people are just being introduced, and then, like, five minutes later, they're, like, lifelong friends who deeply care about each other. What are you talking oh, about? Are you talking about, 
It's like, you... oh, hey, I'm Spider-Man. It's like, oh, good Spider-Man, you go get away. Like, what? If I got powers too, bro. Like, right? Like, I don't need you. I don't. I don't care. I don't know. I just. Why? It seems like. And everybody's like, oh, again, it was with Vision. Who is Vision? And everybody's like, oh no, we really have to save Vision. Why do we have to save Vision? I have literally never heard of this guy. Yeah, you're missing like four years of Vision. Like Vision used to be Jarvis. Everybody's very attached to there him. There's not been a Vision movie. There is no movie named Vision. He's been in all of the Avengers movies. He's so. What you don't understand is that he was in the original Iron Man movie, and he used to be called Jarvis, and then he morphed into something called Vision. So I I don't have a, a lot of sympathy. They're making like. You remember, you exp- I have general ideas of what happened in these movies. I've seen a bunch of them. Like, I'd say I'd seen, like, probably a third to a half of the background movies necessary to see this movie. And that's a big-time commitment. And I'm not going to remember every single detail of every single movie, right? Like, I, I, I know who Iron Man is, and I know who the Incredible Hulk is. But, I, like, again, Bucky, this guy, there's a guy named Bucky. <laughs> you just, you're just like, I can just picture people listening at home just getting more and more irritated when they listen to you talk. Because if you're into the movies, you know who Bucky is. And if you don't know who Bucky is, this movie was not for you. But no, but you can't make a movie that's not for, who, what percentage of humanity knows who Bucky is? Right? I, so a large gonna, percentage of humanity. We're gonna make a blockbuster film for like 2% of people. But, but they did, because it made like... A lot of money. It made like a crap ton of money. I saw it and I enjoyed it. Yeah. (laughs) I saw it and I enjoyed it. I just had some gripes. Also, it didn't need to be two and a half hours long. Also, uh, I absolutely loved the plot. Loved the plot. Uh, I don't, we're even given your spoiler alert, don't want to give away the ending. Incredible. I thought it was incredible. Okay. Uh, So you did like the ending. Oh, yeah. Loved the ending. Okay. Loved the ending. Um, I don't love how, and this isn't giving too much away, all of these movies now exist to set up the sequel, and I, I sort of object with that on principle, uh, object to that on principle, uh, so I don't like that, I don't like that, like, you don't really know what's gonna, how it ends up, because you know there's gonna be another movie, um, and, but another gripe, the, and I should've just left, the the post credits thing. Oh yeah, which is a thing now. All movies that they made the credits. Did you see how long those credits were? <laughs> yeah, those like, were. Oh, oh, you gotta stick around for after the credits. Like, make sure you stick around after the credits. The credits were like twenty five minutes long, and like a like a comically large number of people <laughs> listed. Like, there must have been like. 50,000 names listed in the involved and I swear it's like you look through the list and you're like wait a minute like that person gets credit like like you know like the the I mean I guess it's nice that they wanted to credit literally every single person who had even the slightest hand in making this movie but it's like uh, like you know the off-site audio engineers <laughs> IT guy is in the credits <laughs> Well, not even that, but, like, Chris Hemsworth, first driver, second driver, like, coffee guy, right. they're all listed. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, every single person, every single person, and and I feel like that was, like, a, it was, like, just, like, mocking me for sitting there through the credit sequence. Like well, that's what, that's what made it feel like extra long. Two minutes of bonus material that wasn't that good. Yeah, well, that's what made it feel extra long is the 25 minutes of previews and the 30 minutes of credits, like, add a whole hour to, to the runtime of the actual film. Uh, so. I, don't, I, don't, I 
I usually leave when the movie's supposed to start. Like, I buy a ticket online, leave when the movie's supposed to start, and I just skip the previews at this point. I used to love previews. I They're too long. That's too much. Yeah, I'm they're too long, long, and they give everything away. All right, well, I'm Man, glad... I'm going to see them online anyway. I'm yeah. going to see them online anyway, but it's a movie I really want to see. All right, well, I'm glad that we agree that the ending was at least good, even though you were confused half the time. Uh, thanks, Ted, for being on. Thank you for having me. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.